Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pickled Parables. My name's Jesse. As the host for this podcast, I get to work with incredible partners who come and present or share, depending on their topic, lessons and testimonies about how the Bible brings the Word of God into our lives. I think it's super valuable for us to hear different Bible teachers come and present because each lesson is then unique and we get to hear different perspectives. Each person comes with different life experiences and we as listeners are exposed to the work of the Spirit as He works in and and sanctifies and leads these mighty people of God. Today, Hunter Hoover has come to share an excellent lesson about the biblical understanding of grief. So I'll, I'll turn things over to Hunter and let him take it away. Hello. Welcome back to Pickle Parables. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm thankful for the opportunity to uh, get to share again with you. I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving, uh, but I believe this one lands after Thanksgiving. So uh, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. And if you are like me, Thanksgiving is is this thing that takes place in the middle of the Christmas season. And what I mean by that is because, like, my family, we are the type of people who put our Christmas decorations up early and take them down late. So um, to give you some perspective there, and one of the things that I think just goes uh, with this season and and for some reason, uh, it just kind of goes with the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. And that's Charlie Brown. Uh, the Thanksgiving and Christmas, spe- Christmas specials from the Peanuts gang uh, really do well to communicate and capture the nature and the heart of these seasons. Namely, just thankfulness for our blessings and celebration of the birth of Jesus, or as the peanut says it, uh, the real meaning of Christmas. But Charlie Brown is also well known for something else. Uh, and in many ways, it's, it's his catchphrase. Good grief. It is the holiday season indeed. And while holidays are, for most people, a time of great joy and celebration, there are others who experience it with a sense of loss. This time of year, we often begin to spend more and more time with family, often family we haven't seen for for a bit. And when we interact with these family members, and often when we interact with our past family traditions, we can be reminded of, of those members of our family and our loved ones who are no longer there to celebrate those traditions with us. I want to get ahead of the ball here and just say, I think and I, and I firmly believe that it is possible to be overcome with joy and praise and celebration for God this time of year and still experience these feelings of grief. Those two can go hand in hand. Uh, and as I was thinking about what to share, you know, I at first I thought, hey, you know, 
I should sh- I should share something on thankfulness. It it comes out so close to Thanksgiving. But as I was thinking about it, uh life occurred <laughs> and a a family member of of my wife who is really a family member to me has passed. And as I'm sitting thinking about things, uh and then later on after the passing, uh I'm standing at this pretty rowdy worship night and I'm just kind of like letting the, 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 just kind of the concussion of noise sweep over me. And I'm just kind of mulling the week over in my head, you know, thinking about work, thinking about how work is going to look, um, with the holidays coming up and, and, and just thinking about the time off that I have taken in order to go uh, attend um, the celebration of life and funeral uh, for this family member, and I'm and I'm reflecting on this, and and I keep coming back to this feeling, and I can't place it in the moment. Um, I can't place what it is that I'm reflecting on, but I keep coming back to it in the middle of this worship set, and then it dawns on me. <laughs> As everybody's singing what is pretty much an upbeat and up-tempo worship song, and as the gentleman leading is getting more than into the music himself, I realize that what I'm reflecting on is grief. (laughs) Uh, Grief. And you might hear that and you go, well, okay, yeah. Leave it to Hunter to, like, take the worship set to to be the time that he, I don't know, decides it's time to look at grief. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's what was in my brain. It's what I was kind of thinking about and praying on. And so I'm going to continue to follow Jesse's good advice and um, share from where I'm at. So Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that there is a time for every season and matter of thing that happens under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3, starting in verse 1, says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what was planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather those stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to stop embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. I, I find Ecclesiastes, uh, just to share personally, the book of Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books of the Bible, um, mostly because I find Ecclesiastes to be an incredibly honest book. And it's an incredibly honest book that looks at and handles and struggles with doubt and uncertainty 
and human struggle and toil and injustice and feelings of hopelessness. It stares them down and it says, this is what these are. And these are real things that people are experiencing. And now how do we interact with this from a place that assumes a a good and loving God? And here in this section of Ecclesiastes, um, this is a section of the book that I think is often shared. I think we sometimes read this section. It's put into like cards, um, Christian like uh, sympathy cards, and it's put into all sorts of different, uh, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, Christian home goods. And I think we sometimes read this section and, and we think, well, okay, so obviously there's a time for everything, but we we would do well and we should really just minimize our focus on and limit the time we spend on those seemingly unpleasant and negative parts that are listed here. We spend a considerable amount of energy and time figuring out how to build something up. But how often do we take our time and care and that same amount of energy in breaking something down? We get excited at the birth of a new baby, and there is this sense of wonder there, but death for many, makes us uncomfortable. We love to laugh and, and dance and celebrate, but we treat, and we do a lot of that this time of year, um, or at least I believe we should, but we treat the seasons and times of mourning and weeping as just these mere hurdles that we have to clear in between two seasons of celebration. And in doing so, we, we don't give enough attention to grief. And I don't want to make it out that Ecclesiastes and in it our God is saying that we should have some e- emotional response to these things. Rather, that they have a time and a place. Like, we should not have the same emotional response to the days of rejoicing as we do to the days of grief. We shouldn't have the same emotional response. But both have a time and a place in not only the human experience, but the spiritual life of the Christian. And if we seek to just minimize the bad emotions and the bad feelings of these when we are in the midst of them, we are not being true to the nature of the book of Ecclesiastes, which, as I shared, it, it seeks to tell the truth even even when the truth is challenging to be told. So then, there is a time to grieve. And maybe perhaps grief, or appropriately going through grief, could somehow be good. In the book of Job, which we have mentioned many times uh, here on uh, Pickled Parables, um, it follows the story of, of... God's servant Job, who is recorded to be a righteous man. Um, And in the book of Job, uh, Job loses everything. We've talked about this. But after Job is struck by tragedy, he loses everything except for his wife, who isn't the most helpful out of the gate, I might add. Um, Loses his kids. He loses his personal property. He loses other household members. 
his three friends come to see him. And they and they come and visit him. And and the Bible tells us something very interesting and really important about Job's three friends in this moment. Job chapter 2, verse 13 says that they, that is Job's friends, sat with him on the ground for seven days and seven nights. No one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. So Job's friends travel into town. They hear about their friend's tragedy, um, and, and they come to town. They come to visit Job, and the Bible tells us that the first thing they do They spend the first seven days just sitting there. They sat there and they said and they did nothing. And if you hear that and you go, man, like seven days is a long time. Like somebody crack a joke to break the silence. And and if you continue reading the book of Job, you'd know that his friends broke the silence. Um, You become acutely aware that maybe they could have served to sit there and say nothing a bit longer. I would point back to the book, to the chapter in Ecclesiastes that we just read that says, there's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Job's friends gave Job a chance to grieve. And this act of just sitting there is probably more helpful than the words they offered Job in a time to observe the season of grief. Them just giving Job the space to grieve what he had lost is probably more helpful than any of the words that they gave to Job the rest of the book. In Paul's section in the book of Romans, um, towards the end, Romans chapter 12, Uh, Paul begins to discuss these general instructions for the Christian life. Um, And he calls for us a few things in here, uh, Romans chapter 12, that, that Paul calls for us. He calls for us to let our love be genuine. Let it be real. He tells us, he tells us to cling to the good things, put away what is evil, make it far from us. He tells us to love one another well, to be fervent in our spirit that overspills in service of our God. But in the middle of this list, which is like Paul saying, hey, look over here. This is what a Christian should look like. If you are living as a Christian, specifically living as a Christian in a culture where the people around you are not categorized as believers, this is what a Christian should look like. We're told in Romans 12, 15, to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We are not told, celebrate with those who are celebrating and let the other folks who are sad and upset and going through something sit over there until they're done grieving so they can come and celebrate with you once they figure it out. That's not what they're told. It doesn't say go and tell the person who's going through something and weeping about how they should not be weeping and how they ought to have joy for some reason in that moment. Well, just, mm, just think of this thing and, and maybe now be happy. Paul gives us instruction to weep with those who weep or 
Give that person the time to experience their grief and do your best to bear that burden with them and enter their grief as much as you can and help bear their grief with them. I believe there's a specific type of grief um, that is produced by loss. In church, as, as our church that I attend and work at, we have been working through the book of Genesis, and our pastor has recently finished preaching on Genesis. And, and one of the things that I was struck by as our pastor preached through the book of Genesis this time was how often... How, how frequently the Bible records the death, and more importantly, I believe, the burial custom of the family of the person who passed away. The death is discussed, but so much so, and so much more also is the burial. Um, Genesis, there's the page turn. If you're listening for it, here we go. Genesis chapter 35 and starting in, in verse 19, uh, records the death of, of Rachel. Um, Genesis chapter 35, starting in verse 19, it says, So Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb. It is the pillar of Rachel's tomb, which is there to this day. Then Israel journeyed on and pitched a tent beyond the Tower of Eder. I'm just going to stop there. Um, here, the death of Rachel is described. And, it's, and, and her death is described in merely three words. It says, so Rachel died. And, but what follows is rather a description of her burial. It says that Jacob buried Rachel and set up a pillar over her tomb. Now, there is this Jewish tradition and and, and old Jewish custom that's kind of been lost. Um, It's not practiced by all uh, Jewish believing or Jewish cultural families today. Um, Some may still practice it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to rule anything out here. But I, I believe it's a custom that could be of value to us, or at least we could learn something from it here. And in as many, in, in some ways we still practice it, but we practice it in a way because as in, in this custom and in this tradition, as the family member is lowered into the ground, the family takes on the task of physically moving the dirt in to bury their relative. This can take a long time and, and, it, and it's a physically taxing thing. But in the task, in the actual doing of the thing, they process grief. Jacob buried Rachel. And it says after burying her, it says that he set up a pillar over her tomb. This is work. We don't get a perspective in reading how long this took, but I, I believe it took some time. Like he had to he had to make this tomb. He had to gather what he set this pillar up with. So while Jacob grieved, he made himself busy. And then in verse 21, after this, after Jacob buries Rachel and goes through this process, Genesis transitions to stop calling Jacob, Jacob, and, he be, and, and the, they call him Israel because something is different now. 
Israel, the, the word in the name means the one who or, or just wrestles with God. And I have this suspicion based on my own times with grief and, and just from this name switch right here in the text that while he was dealing physically with the logistics of burying Rachel, he was wrestling mentally and spiritually with his God. And I believe that this is one of the parts of what makes grief good. It gives us the opportunity to focus and reflect and explore and be closer to others and closer to our God in a way that maybe we would not have had access or a capacity to do so before. There might be some reservation when you hear that. There might be some reservation to this idea of grief being a good thing. And I agree. And I get it. (laughs) Grief has to end. Uh, Ecclesiastes acknowledges that. But it doesn't tell us that grief is wrong or bad. Our Savior, Jesus, is called in Isaiah 53, quote, the man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. Jesus, in his ministry, in his life on this earth, was grieved by people's behavior, their lack of belief, the death of loved ones and friends, And he was grieved as he stared down the cross on which he would die. Jesus is a pure example of the need for grief. And he, as always, teaches us two key things about grief. First, we should not just experience our grief alone. We can and should Always take our grief to our God. Jesus does this when he says, My soul is sorrowful even unto death. And moments later, he takes his grief to the Father in the context of going to the cross. When Jesus was grieved by the death of his friend Lazarus, he wept. Moved by the sorrow of his friends and the unbelief and lack of emotional care of the people gathered, Jesus weeps over the situation. And then, moments later, prior to raising Lazarus from the dead, he prays to God regarding his sorrow in the moment. Because Jesus teaches us when we grieve, we should not grieve alone. But second, when we grieve, we do well to take our grief to God. Psalm 34:18 tells us that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. There are countless psalms that serve as examples of God's people taking their grief to God and God being this loving and caring God who listens to their grief and responds in a way that brings comfort or if it is not a comforting way in the moment brings peace in the midst of uncertainty with grief. In fact, the Bible spends a rather considerable amount of time talking about grief. The entire book of Lamentations seeks to communicate grief over the tragedy of the people of God that came upon them due to their own failure to worship God. The book is very honest, it's very sad, and is in itself a grief cry to God. And my point in highlighting all these things is this. 
The Bible holds grief as valuable. It holds grief as a process that we go through. And in all these things, you might be thinking, well, okay, but like, but how can grief be good? Like, get real. This isn't Charlie Brown. This is real life. Grief, in the moment, gives us an opportunity to call on and draw near to the God of all care, wrestle with God longer, and take stock of what is valuable. Because James tells us when we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. Grief gives us a chance to one day have something to reference when we get to support those who are grieving. Our God gave us each other to bear burdens and need our burdens bore. That includes when those burdens are filled with grief. Grief gives us a chance to process. It's not a box we check or a band-aid we rip off real quick so we can get back to life. We work through grief. So that way we may actually go through it. Look back and say, One day, I didn't like my grief, but it was good to have had the opportunity to grieve well. Because if we don't grieve and we don't weep and we don't mourn, specifically when it is the time and season for those things, then when it's the time and season for laughing and dancing and supporting others, we're not ready. So, God gives us good grief. Not because it's enjoyable or because we should spend as long as we can just sitting in it or to make us feel helpless or hopeless. God gives us good grief because he knows we need to work through loss so we can come through it better equipped, better fortified, having a deeper relationship with our God and the people around us. And my prayer is, if you have experienced grief or are experiencing grief or, God forbid, one day will experience grief, that these can be true for you. Last year, um, I want to say grief looks different to different people. We can see that in scripture. Job sat and kicked it for seven days with his friends and Jacob built a pillar. If your brother or sister grieves different than you, I'd encourage you to take a leaf out of the book of Job. Just sit with them. Give them the appropriate space and time to grieve the way they grieve. Some people grieve through staying busy by being by themselves. Others make plans. They stay... They get social. Others grieve quietly. Some add work to their grieving. Sometimes we grieve in the middle of a worship set as we think about those who will be grieving much more than we will. However you grieve, grieve with the people who care about you who love you, and who can point you to a deeper relationship with Jesus. And 
Grieve with your God. Take it to God. Tell God about your grief. Because no one cares about you or your grief more than your God. God bless y'all. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.